Welcome to Do Not Listen to This Podcast. I have a very interesting guest today. Why don't you introduce yourself? Hi, Roger. Um, I am Jeffrey A. Seitz from Lima, Ohio, and I am running against Jim Jordan for Congress in the Ohio 4th. And, and just people that listen to Do Not Listen to This Podcast, like I said, why do you have a politician on? We're going to get into that. I will get into the backstory. Visit the site. Don't forget to support the podcast. 50% of the donations go to feeding straight cats and dogs. So we focus on leadership, creativity, and business growth. And I met um, Jeff through Twitter. Um, and he's running against, I'm from Ohio. I grew up in Columbus, Ohio. And I went to Ohio University. So I'm ashamed every time I see Jim Jordan on television doing anything <laughs> and so i said uh, jeff if there's anything i can do to help and he said can i come on the podcast and i said absolutely and we will fit this into leadership creativity and business growth so what what got you into wanting to try to take on this leadership role let's start there well we all know that um, we can see that jim jordan does not have any kind of leadership skills all he wants to do is talk very fast and be on Fox News or Newsmax or OAN or things like that. To me, he just wants to hear himself talk and not worry about the, the people of the Ohio Fourth. Um, me, when I saw January 6th, it um, went against everything that I was raised up and believe in America and uh, served my, my country in the military. And that really decided that I was going to run that day and called all of my consultants from last uh, the last session and said, we're going to do this again. So, yeah, was, so I just don't think, you know, Jim Jordan has any kind of leadership skills. I, at this point in the podcast, I would like to remind you that if you like Jim Jordan, please go to the nearest emergency room and seek immediate medical attention. I would call Jim Jordan a clown, but that would be offensive to clowns. Clowns. Uh, right. So, uh, I mean, look, there's no reason for him to be in there. Why don't you talk a little bit about how weird the district is? Because they call it the duck district because it looks like a duck. Because it stretches from Cleveland to just outside of Columbus and past. I mean, it's almost to Indiana. So why not, how did that all come about in What's going on with that? Well, 2010, um, the Ohio legislature gerrymandered Ohio so bad that they rigged the elections to have more than a majority um, of the congressional districts go Republican. Um, they gerrymandered it so bad. I mean, it's the Ohio 4th is about three hours from tip to tip. Yeah, that's a lot of traveling. I have 14 been, districts. I've been in all of those places. Yeah, so have I many I've, a times. <laughs> in the concerts, I've been, and you know, I, I do. You know, I like I said, I am from there, so I'm not an outsider. I, you know, I I speak Ohioan. You know, you ain't from around here, are you, boy? I speak that <laughs> language. <laughs> I understand it. It is the most bizarre thing I've ever seen on the planet. Yeah, I mean, you take you. You take, you take Mercer County, uh, Grand Lake St. Mary's. Um, there are three congressional districts within that one county, and the Ohio 4th has four, count them, four precincts, 
in Mercer County. That's all they have. That's crazy. It is crazy. So it, it's just like they're forgotten in the four precincts by Jim Jordan because it's not worth going and talking to the people, probably, Jim says. Yeah, I mean, well, yeah, his entire thing is about being belligerent. That's his entire game plan. <laughs> yeah. That's it. He's just belligerent. And, that's what you're, and you're up against, you know, a really bad wrestler in a, in a lot of ways. I mean, he's just, he's become, you know, he, can't, he doesn't wear a jacket. He's got all kinds of nonsense going on in his head. But how are you, what's, so what's the creative approach to kind of say, look, let's just get this belligerent clown out and get me in so that we can have some kind of semblance of normalcy within this weird district. Well, you know, there's, there's a couple times, you know, he was on in the committee meeting and um, representative Demings and waters kind of shut him down, told yeah. him to shut up. We kind of tweeted out if I was in as a warehouse manager, if I was in a, a management meeting with my plant manager and I kept interrupting him, I would be out of a job. Yeah. And that's the kind of, that's, that's where I'm coming from, is right. I look at it from the business aspect of, I'm a warehouse manager, I have to be considerate of others, listen to others, and we're taught, you know, you listen 80% of the time and you talk 20% of the time, and I think Jim Jordan's got it backwards. He's talking constantly 80% of the time, Okay, 95% of the time, and he might be listening 5% of the time. Yeah. So we have to look at it from a, a business aspect of, of taking care of your employees, where the employees in this case are the voters. Right. And you have to listen to him. He never goes out. He sneaks into towns. And I was asked if he was going to run for Senate um, when uh, uh, Portman decided he wasn't going to run. And I said he would have to go campaign. He would have to talk to the voters. And he's never done that in like 14 years. Yeah, you know, so that's a, because it's such a large, large district, how are you going to get out and talk to the voters? Well, we have this nice creation called Zoom that we can yeah. gather up people. But after work, I can hit the road just like I did last cycle. And I meet with, with county chairs and I go out and meet voters um, it's just you have to go do it if you're going to run for office. You have to talk to the voters. So, is it hard to juggle because you haven't given up your job? You you still have your job, right? They thought you were on Twitter during the day, but it's not. It's your campaign guy who's on Twitter during the day. <laughs> yeah. yeah, so that's good, right? Um, yeah, you didn't put in a two weeks notice, you know. So you're 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 being responsible here. Um, mm -hmm. Can they come come to the warehouse and like meet you like when? when you're off work, like right when you get off, so it's a lot easier. Can we get some of them just to come to you? <laughs> so you <can> talk. No. <laughs> no, we can't do that. In fact, you know, I can't really talk about work and, I know, I understand. and uh, who I work for. And I, I can't talk about the campaign when I'm working. Uh, but you know, my, my typical day is I get up at three o'clock in the morning. I go into work at four. I'm there till two to three o'clock in the afternoon. And then I get off work. I I've got a headquarters already. So I come to the headquarters, do stuff for the campaign, go home around six, um, do some things for the wifey around the house. And um, he gives you the hay around eight o'clock. She gives you your chores. Yeah, she's, she's got me uh, redoing the living room right now. So I don't, I don't blame her. So, so that's now, interesting. 
at work, are any of your people, are they making fun of you? Are they teasing you? Are they, are they trying to rattle you? Or is that, is that going okay? Yeah, it's going all right. Um, okay. A few people, I, I got one of my Lyft drivers that kind of, you know, um, chides me about running for Congress. And, well, no, but, please, you know, for the most part, most part, we don't talk about it. That's good. That's, a, you know, that's the Ohio thing. They'll rib you, but then they'll vote for you, which is good. Um, <laughs> yeah, that'd be great. Well, they will. I mean, they, they can't, they, they can't uh, not. Um, business growth in this kind of context is really about growing the voter base, right? So you've got, a, you've got an area where you've got about 30% that always kind of vote Democrat, right? Right. And right. I got the 11,000 that voted for me last time. So there's a good. start. That's good. You yeah. That's a good start. So how do we get, how do we get these, uh, a, a substantial amount of the seven of 30% uh, to uh, leave the dark side and, and come, <laughs> and come to yeah. the side where the brains are functioning left and right uh, cylinders? How do we do that? What, what do we got to what do we got to do? I don't want to refer to them as, you know, troopers or anything like that, you know, from Star Wars. Uh, but we have to talk to the farmers. The farmer, the, the Democratic Party is all about the environment and, and things like that, that farmers should be concerned about because it's their livelihood. Um, so I'm not quite sure why they want to vote for Republicans. Well, yeah. so I have to go at it from, go ahead. No, I was just going to say, my, my grandfather was a farmer, and I think you're spot on. Yeah. And that district in particular is filled with farmers, right? Yes. And, yes. and I think that when what's really great about farmers is that when you get them one-on-one -on -one and they feel safe, right, they will mm -hmm. tell you what their real concerns are. And they yes. will give you an opportunity to change their mind. You know, right. And that's what I've been told by, I used to work with, um, who's a big, he's a son of a big, big farmer um, down south of here. And he pretty much told me the same thing. They, they don't, they don't feel comfortable talking to top politicians, but they won't vote for a Democrat. Yeah. Now, well, I could talk they, to them and talk to them. They did. But vote. as soon as, yeah. Yeah. They years ago. And I've, yeah. I've got a poster out here uh, in my, my office here. And one of the things is farming aid and, and yeah. all that stuff. And, and that's what they used to believe in with, with the Democrats. So. Yeah. I mean, look, they, they, it's become such a partisan thing, which is interesting, right? That, you know, one of the things that the other party has been able to do quite successfully is to um, get people to vote against their interests. Mm -hmm. and, and they've done it, you know, that's, it's how they've been able to stay alive this this far and it's also and doing things like the redistricting you know that's the other thing those little games that they like to play um are are so see-through that you just kind of have to say really i mean come on didn't isn't this the crap we got stopped doing in third grade or fourth grade i mean this is really really juvenile stuff so yeah. so how do you get people that have been you know succumbed to thinking that those other people are out for them and the other people are against them, how do you get them to say, look, you know what, enough's enough and I got, I got to make a change? That's real leadership. That's the thing. Right? It is. And you have to sit down and, again, you have to listen to them. Yeah. You have to just be quiet, listen to their concerns, 
and let them talk a majority of the time so they can get those concerns out. You, and if I think, can repeat some of those. Sorry to interrupt, but what do you think their top concerns are? Well, Trump really, really hosed the pharma community with the tariffs. I mean, mm -hmm. in, in the first go around, you've seen soybeans and, and corn and mm -hmm. all that drop in half. Now, it's rebounded a little. Mm -hmm. But, um, you know, the independent that was in last time, he was a Republican chairman mm -hmm. for his county. And he was steamed at, at Trump. Mm -hmm. So we had to talk to him. It's like um, technology, you know, farming technology. How can it help the farmer? I know... Uh, my cousin is married to a farmer and the technology he has on his combines are just amazing. Right. You know, I could tell him where to put all that, you know, all the feed and, and everything to make him profitable. So I think we need to talk to him about the technology of the farm. Um, healthcare. If we go to single payer healthcare, the either the farmer doesn't have to work full time off the farm. Right. Or the wife doesn't have to go get a job to get health insurance. Um, I think with that, that would help the farm. That would keep the farming family on the family farm taking care of it. And what do you think are deal breakers for them? What do you think are things that they're just like, look, if, I, if you're going to do this, I'm not voting. What do you think are deal breakers are? You know, that's a good question. I think, um, I think they're, they're going to go for probably gun, gun control. Yeah, which is um, really funny I, because nobody, nobody's taken away anybody's guns. Yeah. We used to have an assault weapons ban. They still have their weapons. Yeah. So I don't see what the problem is with reinstituting an assault weapon ban. Yeah. No, exactly. So, well, I mean, I, it's, it's simple. If, if you really think about it and, and just take a step back from all the rhetoric out there yeah. and just think about it logically, are we really going to take away all the the weapons out there because it's the second no. amendment it's it's in the bill of rights no we're not so it's not going to happen yeah it's never going to happen that's been one of the things that they've always kind of that goes back to the 70s i grew up in a republican family and that's mm -hmm. what helped me to become a democrat i mean uh, you know i grew up in the nixon era right so i watched mm -hmm. all the chaos internally and you know, it was easy to see. So people do switch there. And I, I know the inverse is true, too. I know people that were Democrats that became Republicans, um, you know, during the Reagan years. But um, I think I think Ohio gets a bum rap because clowns like this guy get in. And, well, you know, it's... <laughs> and uh, Janet Garrett used to run... Um, three cycles ago. She ran three times against Jordan. Uh -huh. She was out and about. When I decided to run, she told me, you know, there's Republicans out there that hate him, but yes. can't pull the trigger on a Democrat. Yeah. No, I think that's it. You know, and, and I do think, look, by time, when's the primary? I think it's almost one year from, from today. I think right. it's May 3rd, actually. Well, a lot is going to change between now and then. Mm -hmm. And, um, I think he's going to find himself in some situations where the word defendant may be in, in, in front of his name as well. Um, which is all. Let's not do it before the primary, okay? okay? I mean, I, I see it coming very soon, right? Just based on certain things you start to see. But I wish you just the best of luck and whatever I can do to help, you know, let me know. Um, 
I want what I want you to do is just tell people what you would like them to take away from listening to this episode. Um, basically, just about leadership, not necessarily about you running, but just what what do you think is the most important thing people need to hear from you about leadership in general? Well, again, leadership is more listening than talking. Um, every morning I have meetings with, with both my teams on coming and off going. We don't necessarily have to talk about anything. It's just kind of shooting the breeze. And that's what politicians really need to do is go out, talk to the people out there and listen to them, which they haven't done in years. Um, not only in Ohio 4th, but everywhere. But leadership qualities, that's what the leadership qualities are, is going out and talking to the people that you're trying to lead and listening to them and trying to implement what they're telling you. And that's what leadership is. And you have to have the, you have to have the, I'm trying to work for, look for a better word than stones, to stones lead. Stones is a and, fine word. I think you have to have stones. <laughs> I'll say well, it's the, you know, it's as an MP, you know, we used to be called pigs and cops are called pigs. And, you know, right. I was a military policeman and I always used to tell them, it's like, that's right. I'm a pig. I'm, I have pride and I have integrity and I have guts. Well, and look, that's what leaders are, is they have pride in what they do. They have integrity on their job and they have the guts to implement stuff that their people need. And, and nothing's going to be harder than being a military policeman. Yeah, that's pretty hard. Um, that's not easy. You know, some people, in, some people in combat may may differ with that, but God well, bless those uh, the combat veterans out there. Military police is a no win deal. <laughs> yeah, it well, was. Thanks. It was. Thanks for coming on the show.